0: Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English-language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host, Autumn and I am joined here today by Chadens and Ottoman. How are you gentlemen doing today?
1: Good. Was a lot to talk about, as always.
0: Oh, yeah. Chadence? Yeah, we're back. We're back. That's right. <laughs> and are you back ready back. to be disappointed? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, well... Best start uh, to the
3: episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, great start, right? Way to be positive. Uh, before we get into everything, please be sure to follow us on our social medias. We have a Twitter, which is very funny and very fantastic and run by Anurin and I. We have a very nice Instagram that Chadens does a wonderful job managing, as well as a Facebook page that Chadens also manages, as well as a YouTube channel that Chadens also manages. So show our boys in love. Follow, like, subscribe, all that jazz, uh, because we put a lot of effort into this stuff, and you know, we really like doing it, and as long as you guys like doing it, and you show us that you like doing it, we will keep doing it. Um, let's jump right into it, boys. First, let us discuss the, Uwe, the UEFA Conference League. <laughs> uh, Alashkert played their second group stage match, the first of which was at home in Hrabas, uh, Wazgan oh, Stadium in Yerevan, where... Alashkit were handed a 2-4 loss to H.J.K. Helsinki of Finland. Um, It was one all at halftime, and Artak Grigorian was sent off for a pulling a player down. He was the last defender. It was always going to be a red um, in the 34th minute. And until that point, the game was extremely winnable. Um, H.J.K. were very unconvincing um they looked about the level of an apl team um and they weren't that great the red card changed the game uh, and donald was of course had a fantastic hand in you know wonderfully wrapping up in a nice bow when doesn't uh, he all three points for the opposition um and seemed to be the only shining light of this match he scored again um he is way too good for this team. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Um, but I just quickly want to know your thoughts. Let's start with you, Trotens. Alashketh, can these guys like do anything right?
3: Not really. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Like We we gave positive insights. Um, we broke down everything. Uh, in the past, I don't know, like five, six episodes on how we have a chance, what kind of chance we have, and Look how it ends up in our face,
0: yeah, they just seem to throw everything out the window, right, Armin? They should listen to us. I think that's good advice.
1: I mean oh, definitely, definitely, but you know they're too proud to do that, and they just lost the basically the best chance they had for not just, not a win for a single point at the group stage, uh. I don't know. It was, it looked a lot like the Maccabi game at the beginning and it went a lot like the Maccabi game by the end.
0: I think the major difference though, between the Maccabi game and this game was Helsinki's back line was awful. Um, (laughs) and every single time Alashkert had the ball in the opposition's third, they looked likely to score. and, but as soon as the red, the red card completely changed the game and, um, Unfortunately, they are still yeah, that, bottom that, of the group with zero. Points. That's
1: basically that's that's basically that's the reason why they scored one more goal than they scored on Maccabi. But other than
0: that,
1: yeah, uh, get, uh, get defense is even worse, and that's pretty much why they got they conceded four like they did against Maccabi. Yeah. So yeah, um, as you said, they gotta listen
0: to us. Elsewhere, uh, Anarthorsis had a 2-0 loss away to Genk of Belgium. Uh, Hovo is injured, and Anorthosis clearly need him. Uh, Roma w- had a 3-0 away win to Zorya Lugansk in the Ukraine. Uh, Henrik was rested for this match. They didn't really need him. Um, and considering his age, uh, it's very good man management and minute management, I'd say, from Jose Mourinho to not play him in this game. Um uh, also, shout out to that guy who yelled out "Ermenia top, Armenia top in that video that Roma uh, <laughs> put out at the end of the game. Um, Kairat had a 4-2 loss away to Basel of Switzerland. Kamo uh, played the whole game, uh, but yeah, it's not looking good for them. Uh, then again, Basel tough. is a very good team it's and Kaidot yeah. is a good team but Basel's on a whole other level. They should be playing minimum Europa League. Um uh oh was it Ghent not Genk? Armin?
3: Yeah, it was it was Ghent.
0: Well, my my mistake.
2: They're both from
0: They're both. Okay, from... Well, it's one it's one letter.
2: <laughs> one letter difference. It's <laughs> <laughs> kinda, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for the Conference League. Uh not much excitement there for us. Um let really into Armenian players abroad, starting in España. Armen, tell us about our boy. (laughs) In English, please, not in Spanish. Por favor. No. No, acá
1: se habla en español. Okay, for real, though, this is history. I mean, Vato just became the first player, the first Armenian national team player to score in La Liga. That's insane. I mean... He did score against Traito Vallecano. Sadly, they lost 3-1. Um, yeah, out of the four ethnic Armenians that have played La Liga until now, only Alfredo Amarillo Quechichan had managed to score. And by the tons, actually, for Barcelona and Espanol, both sides from the city of Barcelona, actually. And yeah. Uh, but he played for Uruguay. Besides, there was no Armenian national team at the time. It was just Soviet. Now though, Capitán Vato joins him, joins Alfredo Quechichan and actually today he got a clean sheet. I mean, today when we're recording on Saturday, he got a clean sheet against another Spanish giant in Valencia. This means three clean sheets for Vato, a goal a win the best defensive record in the team individually uh he is playing better and better and we love to see our our captain like our real captain do well
0: speaking of playing better and better elsewhere in russia we have Edward Spertian. how is our you're going to love boy, this one Adam. how is our young boy yeah. doing Chadens?
3: Yeah, he's, he scored another goal, and it was an amazing goal, uh, which it was Krasnodar's win, 3-0 at home against Sochi. And he's statistically, he's getting uh, goal participation every 183 minutes, which is like two games. So every two games, you're expecting him to do something uh, exciting. And it's, it's pretty so good. good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. We're hoping that he can just keep up his format. Today they drew, I think, as well, right? Against CSK and Moscow. Yeah, Uh, and actually,
0: I watched that game. Uh, I watched the second half. I had that and the Cadiz game at the same time going on. And he created, I want to say, four goal-scoring opportunities in the second half alone. uh, Two of which were tap-ins that... His teammates just couldn't he is convert. He's so good. Um, he, yeah, he's even on his his down days, which it looked like today was a little more of his down days. He's looking really good. Um, so he's a threat, basically. He's becoming a threat, uh, like uh, in
3: terms of uh, performances. Like, forget the stats. Let's say if you were looking at performances, if he's performing well,
2: that's good.
0: Yeah, and and I noticed he was he was constantly rotating. He he started as a number ten, but he was playing he was moving on both wings, like and up top, uh, with the as as a second striker. So he was literally everywhere. Um,
3: yeah, I don't I don't understand why with a national team he needs to play center midfielder. Like I understand he gets the ball and just draws a transition. Yeah, like uh, it's just unnecessary.
0: Yeah, he, he can play winger, too. I mean, he's he this, guy, this kid can play anything. He's young, you know? He has the energy for it. Speaking of young and having the energy, uh, Gorman Velian apparently did not have the right energy that it took to break into the nonce first team uh, like his best friend Merlin did. Uh, he has been relegated to nonce B, uh, and it seems like that's the way it's going to be this season. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it... When we, he may look to get a loan out this winter, but realistically speaking, um, considering his age, that he's still only 18 years old, he can get let, loaned out to a Liga 2 side. But um, if he puts his head down, works hard, and keeps working towards it, maybe he can make his uh, debut with the first team in competitive play this season uh, in a cup match or something somewhere. That's but, Bro,
1: That's that's what Andonian aimed for. And look how it turned out for him. I think I think he's he has to be more practical and and I think he's smart enough to do it.
3: But Nantes have got a lot of players. They have a yeah. lot of players. It's hard and, for him to get a chance.
1: Way exactly. Too many and they players. Have, and they have a tradition of loaning out young players to get practice. So might as well do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see where you're coming from, but he he's a kid that looks like he has a good head on his shoulders and a good um, group of people advising him what to do. If he was able to make it this far, <laughs> exactly. I, I'm hoping he doesn't make the same mistakes uh, that Gale does. Um, exactly. So another youth player time who is, well. is actually having a wonderful time, maybe not in as good of a league as League <laughs> 1, uh, Vahan Bichakchan scored again <laughs> in for MSK Jelena in a cup match, but he is somehow missing from this national team roster, which we will be discussing later in the episode. Um, yeah, this is just nonsense. (laughs) There you go. That's a little preview for you, right? Uh, and to wrap up Armenian players abroad, uh, Tigran Barcerian has the second best player coefficient in the Kazakh Premier League so far, only behind his Croatian teammate, Marin Tomasov. Um, and he's going to be a dad, apparently. Oddman, what do you mean, and walk us a little bit more through your thought process on Tigon Barcagan, and what is making him such an effective player uh, in Kazakhstan right now?
1: Mm, mentality. I think he is the archetype of a big game uh, player. He likes the, you know, the, the show. He likes to, to have... All the lights on him, the attention, he he likes to live up to that role, like main uh, character kind of role. And uh, he's good enough to do it, at least in Kazakhstan, so might as well. You know, he's doing so good and, and he's so confident with himself and good. And that's basically why he is where he is and... I'm kind of upset he didn't get the move before. He didn't get the transfer like mm-hmm. out of Kazakhstan.
0: Yeah, but you
3: know, whatever.
0: Works, and it works. shocks
3: me how they're not in the Conference League. It just it just shocks me.
0: Yeah, they they. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time that that Astana has has messed up to a lesser team. But hey ho, that's I just think, the name of the I game. But at least Conference yeah. League. I know. They should have qualified. They re- just I, like Jelena, too. Jelena should have qualified.
3: I think another Astana, example, yeah. That's another Astana example. Astana is
1: just too good. Astana is just too good for their league, and and I think that plays out in them failing in in Europe. are I don't know. It's like they're not used to getting uh, teams against them that are that up to their great. level. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, it's true. Um, well, that's going to wrap it up for Armenian players abroad. Or oh, wait, does it? We have a very mm-hmm. exciting announcement. Uh, and this, of course, you've probably seen it on our social media. And if not, everywhere else, um, Armenian related. That Columbus crew attacking midfielder, Lucas Zelarayán has joined the Armenian national team. We had a very great discussion.
3: Varefistan.
0: <laughs> we had a very great discussion with Thomas of the Bryant and Me podcast, a podcast dedicated to Columbus crew. Uh, here, give it a listen. Joining us today for a very special occasion is Mr. Thomas Costello from the Bryant and Me podcast. Hi, Thomas. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How are How are you two doing today?
0: We are doing great. Uh, so we have you here. Today on our show to talk a little bit about some guy named Lucas Zellerayan, uh, who, as you may know, recently decided to join the Armenia national team after a years long discussion with the football federation. Um, And we just want to know a little bit more about Lucas. So we thought, why not bring in the experts?
2: And they weren't available. So you had me. That's fine. I'm really. No, I'm excited to talk about Lucas. Uh, I think it's something that uh, Armenian national team fans would really be excited about.
0: Yeah, we hope we hope so. We hope so. So uh, just to start us off, um, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and about Brian and me
2: yeah so brian me this is a podcast that kind of started based off of myself uh, thomas and my friend bryant who's not here hence the very creative name bryant me where we talk about um soccer and other other things and it's not a very um i would say professional structured podcast but we do cover mostly the columbus crew because we both lived in columbus ohio but he has since moved to uh charlotte north carolina uh, we we still watch the crew. We still talk about it. We also talk about uh, the NWSL, the Women's National League here in the United States. Uh, teams like Chicago Red Stars, where they have a lot of U.S. Women's National Team players, and then just the current events around those two leagues. Our format has kind of altered over the years. We kind of started as a uh, sports and politics podcast, but politics part got way too depressing. So we stuck to uh, just the soccer that we love. Uh, we also started talking about the Premier League a lot, but that veered away. We are, um, while we I joke around and say that we aren't professional, we do care about the teams and we do watch them. And outside of this podcast in a more serious kind of realm, I write about the crew for a site called Massive Report, which is part of SB Nation. A, a lot of teams around the world have an SB Nation site. And I write covering... The matches for the crew so i go to the stadium sometimes i'm uh writing previews match recaps all that sort of thing so yeah the crew have been a big part of my life here for the last uh gosh uh seven or eight years and then even further back just about me i went to armenia uh, 11 years ago and it kind That's of made nice. a huge impact on my life so uh seeing the kind of two worlds collide is is pretty cool and i'm excited to see what lucas does for armenia
0: well that sounds wonderful uh <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's awesome we're really excited we'll, we'll dub you an honorary <laughs> armenian
2: join the <laughs> thank family. you yeah. thank you and and by the looks of
1: it by the looks of it your show sounds a lot like ours oh
2: good. oh that's good so, we just met because we just met after the announcement was made yeah uh, i tweeted something uh, or we tweeted something minds. i have to keep the
1: you know great minds <laughs> that's
2: what it must be that's what it must be because we tweeted out we're armenian national team supporters now and then just the it wasn't just your podcast which was a great way like you quote tweeted you talked about yeah welcome to you know the group but so many supporters of our media started reaching out to us and it was it was oh, really cool so i, I love seeing it. that community kind of uh, join around him
0: yeah, that's very indicative of how we are as a, as a people. We're very um we're Supportive. very friendly, very inviting and like hospitality is something that Armenians hold very important to them and whether that's online or not, you know, we're just that's just how we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will go out of our way to support you, trust us. That's how it's going to be. I mean, every time you're going to see like Columbus crew posts, you're going to see a flat comments
0: of Armenian flags <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, go look Get at Lucas's it. Instagram if you haven't. Look <laughs> at his most recent post. It's just all Armenian <laughs> flags now. That's <laughs> amazing. Speaking of it, Lucas, yeah, I,
2: really.
1: I want to know. I mean, um, we want to know, like, what can you tell us? A summary about Lucas. Uh, how did he adapt to life at, uh, at the crew? Uh, what, How he plays at his best? Uh, how he can, like thrive what what environment does he thrive under what kind of player is he
2: yeah so uh, lucas around he came to the crew right before the start of the 2020 season. Um, And, you know, nothing else happened in 2020. Just kidding. He he came in right before the pandemic hit. The crew had two matches they played before the U.S. uh, MLS League, after they kind of shut down for a few months. But in his first match with the crew, he scored a goal (laughs) in his his premier match. And then uh, we had this tournament called MLS is Back, where it was a kind of makeshift, tournament at disney world in orlando florida which kind of matches the kind of importance of the tournament (laughs) um but in that tournament he he just started hitting these free kicks just curving them in beautifully kind of pinpoint accuracy only where you know it can get into the back of the net goal can't goalkeeper can't reach it he for the crew is a (laughs) traditional number 10. like the offense runs through him uh whenever he has the ball it opens up so much space around him because he attracts a lot of attention. He's somebody who can keep the ball at his feet. He can move past the defenders and he can find the open players around him. And then also uh, MLS Cup, which is, you know, the the title for Major League Soccer in the United States, the championship game. He was the MVP of the match, scoring a goal, having an assist in a 3-0 uh, kind of clobbering wow. of the much heavily favored Seattle Sounders because the Cruz, uh, arguably our best, uh, one of our other best players in the team, I would say Lucas is right up there. Uh, two of our best players were out due to COVID and having positive tests. So going into the championship game, Lucas had shown things all year. He's a great attacking midfielder, gets everybody into the game. But for that MLS Cup, he kind of put the team on his shoulders which is not something you see a lot in soccer right there's so many players out there and there's so much going on but he is somebody that can take control of a match um, from that offensive midfield and so he adapted to major league soccer from Liga mx which is a the mexican league very competitive very fast powerful league he's able to transition pretty easily i would say from league mx to mls but I think that two can carry over with him because he's very tactically sound and he's somebody that, um, not just playing the 10-2, you could see him sometimes even moving into like a false nine kind of position where he can go into attack mode also. And then also free kicks. This year, he's hit five goals off of free kicks so Mm -hmm. far. Um, He's one away from breaking the league record of six. So he's... um, He's somebody that's really fun to watch.
1: He sounds like a lot. I haven't seen much of him, but from what you're telling us, he sounds a lot like uh, a particular player we have at at the national team squad, and and we hype him up as like too much because he's worth all that, which is Edward <laughs> Spertian And yeah, he sounds a lot like Edward Spertian, but eight years older, and with with much more experience, which I think our uh, little magician might learn a lot from Lucas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. Yeah, I, I've seen Lucas play uh, on several occasions, including that MLS cup final. I watched that match. Um, and, and I could just tell from how he plays, he is the type of player that is the magnet of the team in the, not only in the sense that he is, you know, the piece in the midfield that is pulling the strings. But also Mm -hmm. every single time this gets the ball, this guy gets the ball. He's crowded by like two or three players (laughs) every time Uh, in the Campiones cup, which, you know, I watched that match as well. um, It was right after the announcement. Every single time this guy touched the ball, there were so many people swarming him and he would get out of that pressure. Like would like, if it looked like it was effortless,
2: Right. No, he definitely has that effortlessness. And I will say, too, it is nice to say, like, oh, he does all these great things. And he really does. He does. But also seeing that Wednesday night match, I was there covering it for Massive Report. um, And he also sometimes has the tendency to maybe hold the ball one or two dribbles too much. Like maybe instead of laying it off to one of his wingers or finding, you know, creating some space or even taking the shot. I think sometimes he wants, and maybe Wednesday, he was facing off against Cruz Azul, which are the champions of Mexico. He has a lot of history playing in the Mexican league. So maybe there was part of um, that kind of world beater in him. He wanted to do everything perfectly. Maybe that's why I held the ball too long, but sometimes he, he can kind of, um, uh, that's what I'll say. He might be a little too patient <laughs> at times. But that's really few and far between uh, in those moments. Wednesday was an isolated kind of incident, I would think, just with the opponent they were playing. But overall, yeah, the the goods definitely outweigh the, the bads <laughs> when it comes to Lucas.
0: Yeah, and and so— Just speaking about Lucas a little bit more and how he interacts with teammates on and off the pitch, how does Lucas go about handling locker room personalities from teammates? Would you say, is he a leader type or how does he... uh how did, How is he like in the locker room? Because he's going to be walking into a very different <laughs> locker room with the national team. Uh, although there are some Spanish-speaking players, and our entire coaching staff is Spanish-speaking. So I don't think communication is going to be an issue for him. But how, what is he like in the locker room?
2: He's not somebody that's going to be a distraction. I don't think you ever hear anything about him off the field in regards to anything negative he's barely on social media when he is it's just about you know hyping up the team or maybe his family but he's somebody that's not gonna cause much drama in the locker room he's in a team right now in Columbus who is a very veteran no, that's team.
1: the thing that's the thing we have some players that cause drama already and but the ironic part is that they play in more or less the attack in midfield area, three quarters of the pitch Ooh. alongside where, yeah, where Lucas would be getting into that inner competition. And and we want to know how he handles egos of teammates.
2: He um, I think he's a he's a quieter guy. He's not somebody who is going to be riled up um, on the field. He will communicate, He's communicating with his players. He's trying to you know, get him into space. Although on the crew, uh, we have a few Spanish speaking players. It sounds similar to the makeup of the Armenian national teams in terms of languages. Uh, we do have folks from kind of all over the world on the crew, but he really gets along well with everybody. You don't see him getting angry at somebody on the field. And I think that is because, like you mentioned a moment ago, he's he's close to 30. He's 29 years old. He has some experience in this. It doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like outside of the emotions of the match, which even then he does. I, you never see him yelling at teammates. He might give a look, you know, the soccer player, hold his hands down to like, Hey, why don't you give it to me? I had the ball right here. But that's, uh, just a sign. I think of somebody who wants the ball and who wants to make something with it. But personality wise, I, I, he can handle some strong personalities and, um, Yeah, he's somebody who will not get too, I think, flustered by that around him. If anything, he he'll give those players hopefully more room to do what they do. Um, And as long as things are going well, maybe, you know, well, nobody ever has issues when things are going well. So
0: So, we just want to know maybe a little bit more about the reactions of not only you guys but of the crew uh crew in general uh were you mm-hmm. surprised or was the general fan base surprised by this news um i would assume so but i just wanted to hear what it was like coming from your end
2: it was it was kind of a shock i mean if unless you go to Unless you search Lucas Delaray on Armenian national team, and even then when you do, because once it happened, I was doing some research to see, hey, when did this start? You mentioned a moment ago, it's been a year, but there was really like two articles about potentially Lucas and his connection to Armenia. And I think it was the same website, just translated in two different languages. So there's one story about it online. Um, So it kind of came, it came out of nowhere. It completely shocked me. But then reading into it a little bit, like, oh, OK, so there at least was some rumors about this. Maybe that's on me. I didn't do enough, you know, uh, research in the off season to see what was happening. But as supporters, yeah, I, I've, I've seen some supporters in Columbus who, like you mentioned, Armenian heritage, Armenian folks are spread across the world. There were a lot of already crew supporters who I saw one guy uh, tweeting something. In Armenian, <laughs> replying to the to the announcement, I've seen some <laughs> other regular crew fans just like really excited about it, and they're really, you know, like, oh man, I are showing their, not explicitly saying hello, my heritage are, is Armenian, but they'll kind of reference like, oh, this is so cool. I think it's been extremely positive internally there was kind of like doubt because the national team announced it, but the club didn't say anything and it was really quiet. So folks within the site I write for, we were like, okay, let's reach out to the team and see what they say before, before we start writing something or post something. But then the team replied like, yeah, he got his passport. And um, now it's just another cool part of columbus which is a pretty diverse city um in a, in a state that is kind of not uh so it's cool to see that that extra bit you know another flag that you can hang up in the supporter section another team that you can sport on international breaks but it's been yeah really positive
1: i That's, bet it must have been awkward i mean until the crew <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the official account like posted about it i bet
2: it was we we're <laughs> I, I was like oh that's that's really cool that's awesome but the some of the realists were like okay let's wait and then okay. other people were just awkward excited silence. about anything that happens with the team yeah awkward stuff yeah um but well everyone's come around and everyone's accepted it and it's official and it's real and uh, no i'm i'm excited for the for the world cup qualifiers here what now in 6 days yeah Maybe 5 yeah. days coming first up matches
0: soon. away to iceland um, I, th- I believe he's going to be joining up with the team in Frankfurt. I don't know if he's going to meet directly with the team in, in Armenia. Um, but anyway, that's not the point. Uh, so, <laughs> Lucas, we're we're super excited to have him. Um, we've actually, from what we've understand, and from what we've gathered, of course, because we can look at other outlets, Armenian outlets and, and things of that nature. Um, hmm. We've been chasing Lucas, actually, since 2018. So while he was in Liga Amekis. Uh, so it's nothing new. And he's been on our radar for a very long time. Uh, we just weren't sure if he was actually Armenian. Uh, and that is still <laughs> debatable to this day because his name is very uh, indicative of Basque origin. Uh, mm-hmm. But a- at the end of the day, you know, he has decided to play for the Armenian national team. Uh, and yeah. it could be worse. He could ha- he could not have a yawn in, in the back of his name because <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware. Armenians surnames end with I A N or Y A N. So, um,
2: and he's 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 got that.
0: He has that exactly. That what, the, what exactly. more do you need? And, and, <laughs> and he wants, yeah, and he wants to be a part
1: of the team. So why not?
0: Yeah. And, and I'm sure it helps that former Sevilla coach and sporting director Joaquin Kaparos is at the Joaquin home. Joaquin Kaparos, of the yeah. Team. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that was huge in the decision making. Um, he's he's been very great and influential. Um, well, thank you, Thomas, for joining us on Football Gentron. We really appreciate the insight on Lucas, and we are very excited to see how he gels with this team. Um, we hope he starts against Iceland. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine him not starting, to be honest, not because we lack a number 10, but... Um, But just because of, you know, the stature and the quality that Lucas brings, I think he would be he's going to be an excellent addition to the lineup. And it would be crazy to not start him Um, unless he's not fit. That's a different story.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he doesn't start, he could start against Romania three days later. Yeah. So it's he was injured.
2: He He just came back from injury and he just played 90 minutes against cruises yeah, on he's gonna wednesday be, so i think he's, and he's
1: gonna be walking into a new locker room so maybe he'll come off the bench against iceland and start against romania it's i can or, see it that
0: way or he'll start both games and bang in a couple of free kicks <laughs> and uh we'll be marching yeah, our but, way to the world cup playoffs but, <laughs> but you don't
1: want to overplay him you don't want to get him like overly fatigued and stuff
0: yeah well yeah Thank you, Thomas. Uh, if you have not already, go follow Brian and me on Twitter and yeah. Instagram and go listen to their podcast uh, mm. if you want some great personalities and some great football information. And if you just want to know a little bit more about the crew and our new boy, Ion, thank you, Thomas, for joining us. We really, really appreciate having you here.
2: Awesome being here. Thank you. Good luck.
0: Thank you. We we need you too, it. You <laughs> Thomas.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed that little clip with Bryant and me. Uh, go ahead and check them out. They're very funny people, um, very humorous, uh, and th- they give us some really good insight on Lucas and what we can expect from him for the national team. Uh, I'm going to pitch this over to you, Chadens. What do you think Lucas brings to the table to Armenia that we're missing?
3: Uh if for Armenia, the main key thing would be speed. I would say speed. And the second thing, if we're going to add something, uh, technicality. Uh, his technicality is on another level compared to the most players that we have in the national teams. Since you know he's got some uh, not fully Armenian roots... He's he's got act got that experience in an Argentinian environment uh where it's and an American environment where it's a different kind of football than in Armenia. So we're kind of getting something like Wobeymar and Udo, but just in an attacking form.
1: Nice, but actually man. good, unlike Ubeymar, <laughs> well, that player.
3: We love it. Look, they're my voice, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, uh,
1: Udo is awesome by the way.
0: So yeah if when we when you talk about Lucas Zelarayan, there is one aspect of his game that is undoubtedly his best and that is dead ball situations so far this season yeah. in the MLS Lucas has scored 5 free kick goals and he is one goal away from tying the or breaking actually the record of most free kick goals in a single season in the MLS um Armin, he it we, FIFA. <laughs> yeah he's really good piva FIFA. men we are not known for being good on dead ball situations, whether that be (laughs) corner kicks, uh, free kicks uh, that are either directly attacking or indirect from the wings crossing in. Lucas is a player that's definitely going to be remedying this, right?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, basically our main free kick taker is the grandpa. Because as I mentioned earlier, he likes to kind of take the, the stage, the center of the stage, even though actually we have great uh, free kick specialists in Edwards persian and Baham for instance, among others, but no Dico has to take them because he's a superstar. but uh on another front, we have Henrik Mkhitaryan taking the penalty kicks, uh, missing half of them. Uh, looking scared every time he steps up to take them. The weird thing is, Hino like wants to take them, and and he is so keen on taking the penalty kicks, but he doesn't look the part when he sets up the ball and takes the steps to t- to shoot. Well, now with Lucas on the picture in the picture. He, I mean if he doesn't take every single free kick and and penalty kick in attacking positions then we might as well i don't know try to find another sport
0: yeah uh, he has very good working product he has so far this season in 25 matches in the mls had seven goals and two assists in 2000 minutes or so uh they also played in the concacaf champions league where he had a goal and two assists in three matches um and he also had an assist in the campeones cup which is a super cup between the winners of liga MX and mls uh is free kick from about 10 yards outside the box went off the head of a uh, defender of the opposing of the opposing team and uh, went into the goal. So I believe that was Cruz Azul. They ended up winning two nil that game. He played seventy eight minutes. So he is going to be bringing a lot of quality to the table um, and a lot of quality that I think we need. Um, but before Question. talking about, yeah,
3: go ahead. Like something that you guys, I'm not, I'm not sure um, if you guys discussed it with, uh, uh, with the the other podcast mm-hmm. um does he remind them maybe or does he remind any of you of sebastian jovinko um
0: yes i would say i've watched him a lot when he played for toronto um lucas dribbles the ball a lot um he and just like Giovinco, he is very fast on the ball, and just like Giovinco, he gets crowded a lot. Uh, but the the I would say a major difference, or something, or, or I would say a major similarity, is the fact that they his technical ability is very very good. He is good enough on the ball and his dribbling and ball control to get out of tight situations and make the right pass, and not only make it but complete it. Um, he is. Spursion. Yes, but again, Armin, you keep on comparing him <laughs> to Spertian, but you're forgetting this guy has way more experience than Spertian. He well, is a much years. better player. He is currently. Well, there, yeah, I'm not saying Spertian isn't going to be a better player, but Zellerin is. Oh, no, we're there. talking style. Style wise, yeah, but it, the thing is, he is good enough to. We're still. We know about edward's potential as a player and that's where we base all of these assumptions on because we see his potential and it's great um and lucas is maybe 80 percent of what Edo's overall 100 percent potential is but he is that right now which is the important part and which is what's important for the national yeah, for yeah good
3: thing is we have both oh, yeah, of them.
0: yeah. And and if they somehow magically play together, which Ottman doesn't seem to think they will, um, I don't know because he's listed as a central midfielder and Lizette Lyons is listed as a forward, but we can get into that. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of the national team, boys, the 25-man squad, was it that ended up being 25, was released by Walking Kaparos in a very cool futuristic video, which I don't know where they're getting these announcement ideas from, but I mean, whoever's doing it, great. Uh, Samsung Galaxy. Yeah, today today's iteration was Holograms. Um, <laughs> which yeah, was I don't
3: awesome. know if you guys remember Samsung Galaxy stuff. So, I don't know, like, do you remember the player thing that they did years ago? It um, kind of reminded me of that. I don't know
0: why. I just it reminded me of the time that I don't know if this was like how many seasons ago, three, four seasons ago, where all the teams were trying to outdo each other on the announcement videos. Do you remember that? Where it was like every announcement of like a new player signing was like crazier than the other. Um, This is kind of what this reminds me of. (laughs) They're just trying to outdo themselves every time announcing the squad. Uh, But let us go through the squad. I will start with the goalkeepers. We have David Yurchenko of Alashkert, Anatoly Ivazov of Urardu, and Stanislav Bushnev of Punic, who has actually played very well these past few games uh, in the APL. Uh, Armin, who do we have in defense? Uh, (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) you had to ask that question and the first defender we have is... Right center back actually. We have two right center backs, and all of this is gonna be according to Joaquin Caparros' words. Uh right center back options are Barastad Haroyan, the ultimate man, the real Armenian national team captain, and his substitute is gonna be this no other than Baron. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, Voskanyan moving on le- left center back uh we have starting Andre Chalashy hopefully fit enough to start both games and in substitute again Hraymakoyan eh, right back moving this is going to be very interesting Jordi Ararat and David Tirtanyan i think they're going to be one and one one playing each game left back we have the human Bolt, the human-lightning Gamo Van Nishan. I have so many mixed emotions about him. But our first, actually, our first uh, hunch spot-on for a call-up is his substitute for left-back, Shira and Markarian. I'm so happy he signed for us. I mean, what a great signing.
0: Yeah, we'll get into him and and hopefully the issues he will solve uh, in a little bit once we're done going through the squad. Uh, Chaudens, walk us through our midfield options.
3: Defensive midfielders, left midfielders, right midfielders, and center midfielders are how they're going to be separated. So we've got Tikran Sirian, Khoren Bayramyan, Alik Arakelian, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Ar- Armin, relax. Uh, Ishkan Geloyan, <laughs> Artem Avanesyan, Arta Gregorian, unfortunately our red card man, uh, Solomon Udo, Karen Muradian, and our main boy, youngster, Edos Persian.
0: Yes, great, great list of midfielders that we will be deep dive dissecting into. And to round off the squad, we have our forwards, which include Eric Vardanyan. Was called up again, Sargis Adamian, Alexander Karapetian, and Lucas Zelarayan. So I have some discussion points here for the team, and we will go through one by one and we will discuss these points. Um, the first point I wanted to discuss are the players that are not included in this list. There are a few of them. Um, that have been left out for one reason or another, and I would like to take this time to discuss that. But first, let's start with on the attacking front. Uh, Jira Shahoyan and Vahan Bichakchan have been left out of this squad by Joaquin Kaparos. Now, I'm getting the sense that this is creating a lack of a super sub-impact off the bench by not having Jira or Vahan. What are your thoughts on not having Jiro or Vahan in this squad. Let's start with you, Chavez. Uh it's,
3: it's a tough question because at, at some point I'm asking myself, uh, did they actually make an impact in the previous games? And then I'm also asking myself, uh, I'm also actually stating it to myself to to not think that, is that uh, don't worry. Very soon, they're going to be proper starters and they're going to be fixed and ready in this squad. But in this specific window, uh, they're very key members to
0: have an impact. Yeah, because they have the potential to have that impact. You know, they're not like... It's not like bringing a, a, a random APL player off the bench. You're bringing out two of our you know two of our three super talented young players um ottoman what are your two cents uh
1: vahan shouldn't have been out i mean uh, vahan had a pretty solid uh, window in my opinion the macedonia game i liked what i saw from him as i said especially in defense and if the question is do those two younger youngsters um uh, make an impact on the team or could, or did they make an impact on the team? well, maybe not, but during the last window, of course, but so did the rest of the team. So why leave those two out and not say uh Kedoyan, who against whom we have nothing, we like him. Both as a as a human being and as a player, he has things to add to the team. But Vahan is just too big of a miss.
0: Yeah, and it seems like if we're looking at the way the, it's composed, um, Vahan is seen as a right midfielder under Joaquin Kaparos, and it seems that Geloyan and Artem Avanesian yeah. are in and, place. And Heno as well. And Heno as well. Um And, and I, I,
1: if you ask me, actually, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but if sure. you ask me, on the right wings, the what the the only one of the three that did something positive during the last window, ironically, was the third string player Artemalanesyan. So
0: yeah, he's been he's been, honestly been, baffling. He's been actually very very good for Atletico Armenia, who are undefeated in the league. He scored a few goals uh and assisted a few goals, and I think the last one that we were talking about in our group chat, he dribbled past a few players and like laid it off beautifully. It was like, wow. I mean, there's no doubt he's a talented player. Um, I yeah, think the,
1: the, there's, he's a CSKA Moscow prospect and that's why Russia froze him up.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, Shaoian is now included in the under 21 squad, uh, that will be playing up against Serbia, I believe on Thursday, um, which has the under-21 squad got boosted a lot, actually. Uh, we, we will discuss that on, on another occasion, not right now, because we want to focus on the senior national team. Uh, but, again, uh, I think uh, Chadens brought up a very, very good point. Um, how much of an impact did these players actually have? Now, Giro, I would say... How much did anyone... How much did any? That's true, but but... Gido but specifically has, on these, yeah, yeah, specifically on these players, on man. that's what we're trying to we're trying to find this reasoning, you know, on 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 why they would be left out. And Giro, I could see it, very little minutes with the club yeah, team. Yeah, Oh, the uh... thing with Vahan is Vahan is giving me very much, and this scares me, Henrik vibes because he is playing. He's playing very well for Jelena, scoring left, right, and center. But every time he plays for the national team, he looks a little lost to me. And Mm -hmm. I pointed this out in the last set of qualifiers, and I pointed this out during the friendlies. Despite him scoring a beautiful goal against Sweden, which was the only positive that came out of that match, realistically, he hasn't made as big of an impact as we had hoped for. But I think that's something that time is going to change dramatically. He gave that winning assist much pressure on him. Exactly. And, and, keep- and maybe that's why Capados didn't include him. Maybe he felt this might be too much pressure for these two right now. And I need players that that's not going to affect. And, you know, we don't know what he sees inside. Um, So that it, that's my guess.
1: Look, at the end of the day, Vahan did contribute a lot more in defense against Macedonia than Heno, for instance. He mm-hmm. um, maybe, I don't know if Heno was the one with the most distance covered or what, but the one that made the right choices, however, that's a whole different thing. And Vahan and was way better than Heno in, in every aspect. And, and yet Vahan's the one that's dropped and not, say, Heno or Geloyan, for instance, on that right wing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just this this Geloyan this Geloyon one is just baffling me. I I'm I just don't see it. I'm I'm gonna be yeah. honest. I, and we said this last time. This this makes less sense to me than Voskanian, and th- that says a lot. I mean, I, I have no idea where this guy's <laughs> coming from and why he's here. It makes zero sense to me because I can list off several players in the Armenian Premier League that have been banging out goals and playing great that deserve to be here much more than he does and that's just the reality of it um i i don't know i genu- I, I have no and i want to know his justification yeah, I, I really want to ask Kapados his justification for calling this guy up because it's like he does Random. nothing it, it it just doesn't make sense it really doesn't um well That's one point down, and the next point I wanted to discuss uh, is a gentleman we have already previously talked about a little bit, Lucas Zelarayan. This guy can potentially be a game-changer, and now we know in the eyes of Joaquin Kaparos he is a forward, and it looks like he's grouped with um, Eric Vardanyan. so we can expect him to play as the second striker or a false nine behind Adamian or Karapetian. Um, What type of impact are you looking to see from Lucas? in these matches? What, what, what specific aspects of his game are you looking forward to seeing contribute to the national team? Speak Mr. Argentina. <laughs>
3: uh, Well, yeah, I, I as I
1: was talking to you guys before the show, I think hopefully he can take a little bit of the right wing of Heno. I, kind of like, a bit of uh, taking off the light, if you will, taking possession of him or kind of taking responsibilities of him. And not, I'm not saying shadow him, but in a way I am, because I, I don't know, that's what I want to see from him in, in open play at least. Then there's, as you guys said, set pieces, which hopefully he'll strictly be solely... Responsible of our set pieces, and last but not least, I hope to see a change of mentality in the team with him, uh, because he's not outspoken, he's not very vocal, but he is not the sort to crack under pressure either. He's a he's a he's a big game player too, but not like Tico, not like ooh big chest and bad like bad boy face. No, he is a guy that just does His, his thing and and does his best no matter against which team he's going to be playing he's a baller all around and, and and this team needs needs that needs a player that can perform under all sorts of the circumstances
0: yeah and and i think one thing that i'm looking forward to seeing is a player that actually dribbles the ball um in, in my opinion that is one of my favorite aspects of the sport is when a player dribbles the ball past one or two defenders and that's something we know Eduard Spertjan has the capability and quality to do. That's something we've seen Sargis Sadamian do. Uh, that's something that you expect Henrik to do, but for he literally never does that with the national team, <laughs> uh, which makes no sense. But so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing because he is a very good dribbler, and I'm looking forward to seeing him create spaces. Uh, and that's something we desperately need. Um, yeah, as Charan said, technicality and, and football IQ overall. Yeah. Charan, do you have anything to add about Lucas?
3: super sub against no okay not super sub but substitute uh, probably will be substitute uh, in the iceland game yeah. uh and a very important role to play against romania
0: yeah yeah i could see that i definitely could see that because he he's um as we know thank you challenge yeah as we know kaparos is like is known for bringing on game-changing players or players that can easily be starters at halftime. So maybe that is something that he'll deploy. And honestly, it could probably make a world of a difference too. So um, there is that now I'm going to pivot a little bit further back on the pitch and talk about a specific problem that we have identified here in football against one, the lack of a proper left-sided fullback. Um, Kamal Vanessian has been occupying that territory, uh, but he is awful at left back. He's not an awful player. He's just not a full Fun zone! Uh, yeah, and he's he's one of the main contributors to the fun zone. The other one, um, uh, who is not currently invited to the national team, is Wobe Marangulo. He was left out. Um, but we have hopefully seen a revelation. Uh, Jirai Margarian finally gets the call-up to the Armenian national team. Um, Armen has been talking about this guy a lot. Uh, so... Tell us a little bit more of what we can expect to see of Margarion, Armen, and are we going to expect to see him? Is Caparo's going to have the the, the cojones, as as the the Spanish would say, <laughs> to play an actual <clears throat> back?
1: Two great questions and two very different questions. Well, what would we, what could we expect of uh, Giro Marquardian? We're talking about a ball player, a, a bowler, as I as I said, a ball playing fullback, more specifically left back. Very, actually, very similar to Serop um, Korian, and he is very well rounded. I mean, he he has great ball control. He has great passing and football IQ. He has way better way better defensive skills than Kamo uh, we would see a proper player I mean Kamo uh, is very physical he's very fast but he doesn't have the football IQ you know and, and Gido has that and at and, and only 23 years old he is already last season um, APL defender of the season and he has had actually a great set of games for Ararat Yerevan um, European campaign this season, and he was instrumental in beating a continental power like Verbal. Both games deserve it for Ararat Yerevan. Shiro was insane in those games. He showed up, and that's why I think before his contract with Ararat expires, he can push for a move abroad. He has the potential definitely to be in a top 15, top 10 league in, in UEFA. And hopefully national team uh, attention will bring him there. But will we see him in action? That's the real question. I don't know. I, I, I don't think we're going to see him in action against Iceland. Because it's A, it's too soon mm-hmm. to bench a player like Kamo who is ironically, one of the top 10 most capped players in the Armenian national team history. I don't get it either. And B, Kamo is a very fast player, which against Iceland, that could cause mayhem for the Icelandic defense. Mm-hmm. But against, against Romania, however, I could see Giro
0: starting. Here, Here is my rebuttal to mm. that. Giro is an all-around much better fullback than Kamo in every sense possible Mm -hmm. he is left-footed i think that's one a huge benefit already if you're a left side of fullback because kamo's right footed Mm -hmm. two uh you're talking about the the need of having an attacking contributing fullback right and kamo's a very attacking-minded player so you Mm -hmm. would want an attacking-minded fullback against iceland right so giro has four assists so far Oh yeah, season, he's great. Um, he, including one in conference qualifiers. So he in 13 matches he has four assists at, from the left back position. So that shows he is not afraid to venture forward. But he is oh, also definitely. one part of an improving uh Adela Yerevan defensive ski, uh, setup. Um, and two, he has also played a hundred percent of every minute so far for Ararat this season. And he has contributed to 12% of their goal participations. So he is very much a very good defender who has oh, he's an ready. attacking output. Why would you not play that over Kamo?
1: Well, for the for, for the sad, ironic, one reason I mentioned. I mean, uh, the same reason why I don't see Zelarayan starting. Uh, against Iceland, as, at least, because we have two games, and uh, yeah, mainly because I think Caparrós sees this place as too much of a gamble, you know. And I,
0: but that's but the is gamble that, yeah. was not playing the others. But isn't that wild, though? Like, Trotting, seriously, isn't it wild to think it's too much of a gamble to play an actual left-back at left-back instead of a right midfielder at left-back? I would think the
1: same, but experience has shown us otherwise. I mean, experience has shown us he prefers Kamo over and over again before players like Shiro Markarian.
0: Players like yeah, but, zero, but my, but my question is like why am why? Oh, He's, that, that he was, I can't lit- he was I literally can't responsible answer. for the goals uh, that I, two of the goals Iceland scored because of his poor marking. He was well, absolutely horrible I against definitely agree Germany. With you. He was we uh, saw it coming. He saw it coming.
1: I mean it, didn't we see it coming and didn't we say like not just call it out and but also we were like uh calling as i said I, I was vouching for Giro to get the the call mm-hmm. we were all vouching for kamo to get benched and mm-hmm. and play either we literally you made a like a stat uh, with like a graph with the left back options we have and it's not that we lack depth it's that kamo is his preferred option so far
0: but he that's the crazy thing to me is that he even said in his most recent interview that he knows it's not a good option, yet he keeps doing it. <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is so frustrating to me that but well, I'm hoping the fact that, it's another Ishan thing. Uh it's it's I hope I hope he plays. I really do. I hope he starts against Iceland. I don't think he will, but I hope he does. Exactly. Because oh, that'll yeah, show me definitely. That'll show me that Caputo is at, is actively trying to solve problems. Because if you're not making any changes in the lineup, you're not solving any issues.
1: I agree. I agree. And and then I, and that's why I find it weird. But yeah, as I said, experience uh, experience has shown us is probably gonna start Gama, at least, most likely against Iceland. But the hope is he won't against Romania. He will change a thing or two against Romania. Because you and need another... an actual defender
0: against oh, a team like Romania.
1: We have been needing an actual defender. Last window was a perfect example. The fun yeah. zone was a perfect example. Uh, another issue I have very similar to this is uh, the Heno front. But and then again, I don't see that one changing either. Yeah. So, might as, well, might as well hope for the best possible option with what we do have, apparently.
0: Yeah. Well... The big difference this time around is that we are not playing three matches, but instead only two matches. Um, which we know Joaquin Capodos likes to rotate central defenders, um, as was proven in the past two national team windows. Um, but this time we have two games, and we have only two good center backs, being Hadoyan and Kalasir. Um, Chadens, do you see both of these players uh, playing? the full game or do you think he's going to start Voskanian in one of the games
3: No uh, there's the only reason why Voskanian would start be, is because of uh, Alashkert's participation in uh the Conference League but again obviously us being in football and seeing it with a different eye th- there's no reason for him to actually play him mm-hmm. uh but I do really see that he's not going to make a rotation, especially with how the first game goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And Romania, uh, with all due respect, is tougher. Yeah. uh, With uh, many, many uh, key points that are against us. So it it will be tougher us as an Armenian national team. Therefore, definitely that game, we're going to have our stable centre-back partnership. The first game, again, very likely in my eyes that we're going to have Haroyan and Charisir
0: playing. Yeah, um, it's it, it. Do you think if you are to see Voskananslar in any of the games, will you literally feel like it's like purposefully sabotaging? Because that's how I would feel.
3: I would just wouldn't understand what's going on. Yeah, like uh, it's very simple, just like yeah. Alashkert's management. I would, I just don't understand what's going on. It's just there, you see it, and you're like, oh, and yeah. when is Kardashian coming, you know?
0: <laughs> All right, well, uh, another area of the pitch yeah. uh, that has seen some changes in central midfield. Um, it's no secret that Armenia play a lot better when Solomon Udo uh, is on the pitch and when Spertyan is on the pitch. Uh, he has currently been on fire in the RPL, and Udo has been very solid in Kazakhstan, and he's always been good for us on the national team. Um mm-hmm. Artak Grigorian has been very, very poor lately. I think we, we are the first people to big Artak up when he does great things, but we also shouldn't be afraid to show criticism. And I think this is a good time to show criticism. He has not been good. Uh, he hasn't been good for the national team in the last window. He has not been good for al recently getting sent off in the Conference League. Um, and a dip in form is very, very apparent. Uh, but lo and behold... Uh, someone somewhere listens to us and Garen Muradyan was called back into the national team. Um, and he seems to be placed in the defensive midfield category alongside the lion, Artak Grigorian. Um Ottoman, how do you see this panning out? Do you see Artak starting both games? Do you see uh, Muradyan getting a run out against Iceland at first? Um, what is the central midfield partnerships going to look like in these matches?
1: Well, yeah, it's one thing what we hope and how we assess the team, as I always say. And ironically, it's a whole other thing what we expect to see because we've been over and over again about how Caparros and the Armenian national team historically doesn't always respond to expectations and and who like the obvious options would be one is one. Example would be as Charit mentioned earlier, Kardashian should by all means be called before players like Darun Kanyan, but aren't. Well, I like to see this uh, whole Muradian in the Arta Krikorian thing as a hair to the crown kind of thing. I always talk about which player would inherit which other player's uh, place. And I think it's pretty apparent at this point that 28-year-old guy Muradian is the natural heir of, I think he is 33 years old, the lion. The thing is, he's getting old, man. And, and, and most of his game is based around War rate. And I think that the uh, dip in form you were mentioning, Adam, basically goes back to him being played three times every week basically getting starts three times three starts per week two starts per week he keeps starting and game at games he doesn't always needs to he doesn't always need to and he should be given a bit of rest to gain fitness to gain back some fitness and we do on the other hand need one defensive midfielder like either Artak Krikorian or Karen Muradian, and one center like ball-playing midfielder like Solomon Udo or younger version Edwards Spersian. So I think that would be ideal. I wouldn't start Artak in the first game against Iceland. Probably, ideally, Solomon Udo pairing up with Karen Muradian and saving uh, the lion, to be fully fresh against Romania which is definitely going to be a much more demanding t- uh, side uh, for our defense and what better player to confront that than the Lion Atacuridia?
0: Yeah, um I think Grigorian getting sent off early in the um in the Conference League game
1: uh, uh, Atak I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll we'll give him a good amount of rest because that's 8 days to Iceland. Hopefully. And that's also 14 days to uh, Romania. So, um, or sorry, 11 days to Romania. So that's a, a much, much needed rest for him. Um, and I think he will take full advantage of that. And I hope you're right. I would like to see Gaara Muradian and Udo start as the midfield pairing against Iceland, um, because I, I just, again, I, I'm I'm really worried about Grigorian's form. Uh, and I am hoping it's just coming yeah. down to fatigue. But the the other scary part is on It's so early and, in the and season. And is ready to take them on. I agree. He's he is more than capable um, enough for sure. There's no no argument there. Um, and there's a little note here from Ottoman says, "Football, throw thrown calls finally met. See, we're not just funny and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. Uh, we're more than that." Yeah, we have been asking for Giro Margarian. We have have been asking for Giro Margarian back in the team. And we also received Alec Arakelian, who is a very good uh, utilitarian-style player, uh, utility man. Um, now... Exactly. The final point that I wanted to discuss uh, before we move on and look at the opposition is our strikers. Um, we have talked about this before, so we, we're not going to go too in-depth into this, but... Um, our strikers are not striking, and this is a huge issue, and it needs to be remedied. Now, we have a new player in Lucas Zelaya, who is coming in as a forward, um, and it would be interesting to see how he plays with uh, Adamian and Karabetyan and how that, that partnerships kind of form. Um, do you think we will see a goal from a striker? In the, in this October window, and and how how can that be fixed if not?
3: Tridents. Well, two things I want to say regarding this point. One is that it's it the formation that we've been playing is uh, it gives it gives the thought that how is this even possible with that kind of style that we play. We'll play 4 2 and 4 2 is like one of the most historical uh, formations used to score goals and win matches. And we haven't really been doing that, uh, which which, also brings, uh, brings us to the point that we don't have a proper real nine. It's only Karapetian. Uh The second key point I want to make is that we need to do it now. Now is the time to start scoring for our forwards to start scoring because the games after these two, it's when it's the only time you have to score goals. We're not going to get much into that; uh, that's for later. But this point will again come on depending on how we how we
0: go to these two games in this okay. window. Agreed. So, um. To sum it up, boys, we have always said that our initial gut reaction to the national team rosters end up being fairly accurate uh, into how the results end up showing. Um, And this is something that Armin and I discuss a little bit in depth. So, Armin, your gut reaction to this national team squad list, what does that tell you in brief?
1: Better than the previous one.
0: Okay. I I would agree. I would agree. My initial reaction was, this is better not than the n- previous. Yeah, not necessarily good.
1: Still, something's very clear. Obvious things off. Yeah. But not entirely awful
0: like last time. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing missing here is um, Hovo being injured. Uh, but we have a very competent dead yeah. dead yeah. and, and Jordi. Well, I mean, in terms of the fact that we only have we play a four at the back where three are competent and missing one of those three lowers that even more. So, uh, I see that Definitely. as a very, as a big loss, but we do have Deirdrean and we do have Jordi Ararat, friend of the pod, um, who are stepping up to fill in, uh, like you said, kind of when we were going through the names, it, it feels like they're probably going to switch off, play one game each. And I wouldn't be opposed to that. They're both very good players. Um, and I, and I'm ready for them to show their quality. Um, So let's take a look at our opposition briefly. Uh, We're not going to go too crazy here because we're already like an hour in uh, and we don't want to overwhelm you guys. Uh, But our first match is going to be this Friday away to Iceland in Reykjavik. Now, Iceland is in a bit of an awkward period right now. Uh. They so far (laughs) in these qualifiers have one win, one draw and four losses. In the last set of matches, they had a 2-2 surprise draw to the Macedonians away. Uh, They had a 2-0 loss to Romania and a 4-0 loss to Germany. Um, Their loss, uh, their draw, rather, against Macedonia, I caught the last 10 minutes of that game. Um, And from what I recall, Macedonia shut down. Um, They were ready to just pack up shop and go home. uh, And they forgot that the game is 90 minutes and it bit them in the ass. And they dropped very crucial points there and that just got me thinking this is a team that we need to be fully focused 24/7 um because they have qualities that they're strong in aerial uh, in the aerial area uh that Armenia is very weak in so In our last match against them, uh, we came up 2-0 winners in Yerevan, uh, where the stats were pretty even, uh, and we actually had more attempts on target than they did. um, And they held a slightly larger uh, possession than we did, uh, but we were playing a very strong counter. Um, Since then, uh, this team has been drowning in sex scandals including three very important players who are no longer part of the Icelandic team uh and they have shown versus Macedonia that if you don't fully focus on them for the entire match uh they can creep back in um and they have the they have the quality to hurt you but this definitely isn't the same Iceland right Osman it's a very very different looking Iceland team
1: Yeah they're decreasing in form Day after day, I mean, on the one hand, as I said, they can't crawl back from a a game that is not looking particularly bright for them because they're good, because they're they're systemically good. You know, they're already a system. They have players, generations and generations of players rising uh, time and time again. On the other hand... However, their present isn't looking all that bright. Uh, their starters are all, on the one hand aging and on the other basically with dips in form of all sorts. Um, we can take them the way we could take them uh, earlier this, uh, this year. But the thing is, our squad isn't looking all that good as it was last time out where it was a team and everyone in the team was performing well. And now it's pretty much a bunch of um anxious players we are. They're looking they're, they they say they feel confident, but I don't know, man. I, I, I wanna see that on the pitch. I don't want to see the it on the statements and last semester out we saw it on the pitch. Now yeah. we're not seeing it
0: yeah they they have a very um they're relying on their older more experienced players right now because the rest of the Definitely. players are a lot younger uh they have uh, Berg Gudmundsson, who plays for Burnley uh, and they have Kiertsen who plays for I believe this is uh a, a team in Norway. I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce this. They do have some very promising young players, but that very similar to us it may be a little too early uh they have Andre Gu who who uh, plays for Real Madrid Castilla called up to their national team. Uh, mm. And they have Albert Goodmanson, who, of course, plays for AZ Alkmaar, uh, who is very, very dangerous on the wing. Um, elsewhere, their very creative attacking midfielder, Sigurdsson, uh, who plays for Venetia, is currently injured, so that's going to be a big loss to them. Um, and to replace him, they've brought in Johansson, uh, the 18-year-old from Copenhagen. Uh, but in terms of attacking midfield, their three attacking midfielders are... 18, 21, and 22. So they are relying a lot on youth here and a lot on experience, and there's really not much in between. Their defensive midfielders are in their 30s, both of them, uh, Paulson and Bjornsson, and their defense, one of their central defenders is 38 years old, (laughs) Arneson. So uh, it's... It's a bit of an odd one, and it's going to be one that I think is going to require a professional performance. Um, last time out against them, we said we used the word or the, the phrase mm-hmm. professional performance um, because you do your job for ninety minutes, you will get the result against this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chadens, what are your initial thoughts on Iceland? Um, and how do you think we will fare in this match, considering you know what we know about them from already having played them once?
3: they're physical they like you said they've got a lot of uh, aerial uh, capabilities and aerial advantages against us however in this in this window there's a lot of speed in the armenian uh, in the armenian squad i'm relying on speed getting us not the wind but you know Getting us the result that we hope to expect to get
1: mm-hmm. uh
3: that's that's one of the biggest things that we have against them that we could use to our advantage
0: yeah, like we said the, the team cannot afford to fall asleep because if you fall asleep, you will concede a goal um a very yeah,
1: that's, much that's that that's on the on the performance front, and before that, there's something that you were implying with the professional uh phrasing. But there's something very important that I think it's primordial, which is the approach. Before performance comes the right approach, uh, which we did have uh, last time out against them. That's why we dominated them in almost basically every part of the pitch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and during the last window, the national team window, not just the squad was off, but also some approaches. And we can't afford to have the wrong approach against Iceland because we will basically fall.
0: I agree. Um, and we, we just... It's all about the approach and it's all about staying focused. Um, let's see. In terms of yellow uh, potential yellow card suspensions, we are all in the clear right now. Uh, we did not get a single player booked uh, in the match against Liechtenstein, so... Uh, we are not risking missing anyone unless they get a red card then um, if they do they will be yelled at um, <laughs> so moving on to our next opponent um, who we will be facing after iceland it's a little hard to think this far ahead um, considering you know the circumstances but it's a very much more confident romania team uh this romania team currently has three wins one draw and two losses and they had a very good last window uh getting seven out of the possible nine points with a two 0 win at iceland a two no win against Liechtenstein, and a nil nil draw held against macedonia which is the reason why we are still in second place they scored four goals and they conceded none now last match against them was wild to say the least right we, there was a red card, there was a crazy comeback, and we won with a penalty. Um, we saw again how shutting down for one second can cause you to concede a goal when a team has this much quality. And Armenia shut down twice, and lo and behold, Romania capitalized. We cannot make those types of mistakes again because this Romania team is on a mission. Um, and the match versus germany that they have while we are playing against iceland i feel is going to set the tempo for this match if they get a result versus germany they're going to come in very confident against us if they get battered by germany they're going to want to batter the shit out of us so (laughs) there's a lot of fear factor in in my eyes um looking ahead to this romania game um but One thing that I have identified, and this is the aspect that I want to talk to both of you about, is where their weakness lies. And I'm not talking necessarily in their personnel because their team is great. Um, I think their weakness lies in their tactical approach. I believe that they have a lot of quality players, but they lose because they play a team with a manager that outmanages them. The only other manager that has been able to outmanage uh their manager which um is i believe uh, is Radoy is walking Kaparos and is Germany can Kaparos outmanage Radoi again experience will tell you he has everything in his arsenal and in his mind to do so what are your thoughts Chárens, let's start with you uh
3: well Romania is going to be tough like you said, they're on a mission. They're aiming... Whatever happens in Germany, they're definitely aiming to get the win against us because it's home as well. They have that advantage and there's no other option for them.
0: Armen, what are your thoughts?
1: As you said,
3: Taparos has
1: everything lined up to out outplay, uh, outthink, Radoi again but will he that's a different thing i don't know i mean i genuinely hope so i don't know if i believe he will so he he
0: he has shown to be stubborn in his tactics in these last couple matches and that's uh, that's what scares me
1: yeah and and a good thing though last year when he basically messed up in october he made it up uh Made up for it in November with an mm-hmm. insane window. But that's the other thing. The the call-up for November was spot on. The call was perfect. The squad was perfect. And now the squad is still far from perfect. It has a lot of things to be hopeful about. Mm-hmm. But it also has, as I mentioned earlier, it also has a lot of things to... Uh, feel hopeless about
0: yeah because if you look at this mathematically speaking if romania is to lose to germany and if we beat romania they're out they they will be i believe uh eight, seven points behind us with six points only left the game so they would be done so for them uh going into this match their mentality is going to be do or die because that's just how yeah. it is if they lose they're done. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. You know, it's it's not
1: an insane uh, thought. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're definitely good enough to beat them, but they're also favorites. I mean, they're, they are still favorites, even though we did beat them last time out. And I think our call-up, our squad list is actually better. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, is actually worse than last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I'm not holding my breath, honestly. I I just want to see what happens.
0: Yeah, the, and and this is of course an away game, and that's gonna you know factor into this. They their the oh, sorry, yeah, their home record is pretty good. They lost one 0 to Germany at home. They beat Macedonia three two at home, uh, and that was due to a, like a last minute goal. That was a crazy wild game too. Uh, very similar to the one we had with them in Yerevan. Um, and they had a two nil a uh, nice professional clean performance against Liechtenstein. So their home form is decent. Um, it's going to be a tough one but like we said uh, it we cannot it's it's hard to focus on this because we have Iceland first and, and Iceland deserves a lot more attention right now because the game against Romania wouldn't matter as much if we don't get three points against Iceland, you know. It's it's just going to make everything even more difficult. So, do you guys have anything else to add? Any miscellaneous thoughts before we wrap up the show?
1: Not really. I'm just looking forward to see something.
0: Yeah. A goal goal would be nice, right? (laughs) Uh,
1: I'd rather focus on on how the team plays because I haven't seen the team play good uh, since the Croatia game, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that was and that was in June. So um this is it. October. Do or die. Gotta get these points. Uh this is this is the if we want to have a chance to get to the playoffs, um the results need to come now. And and it's that simple. So Armenia versus Iceland this Friday, October eighth at 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, that is, I believe, at 4.45 Buenos Aires, right, Amen. 3.45 your time, 4.45 your time? And, I don't even want to think
1: about it. Let me see. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 4 p.m., 3.45. Oh,
0: and
1: my God. It's a late
0: game in Yerevan. That is a, I believe. Not the best and, way to go to sleep. 10:45 p.m. game in Yerevan, so it's a late one. Oof. And then on Monday the 11th, there's the match against Romania, which is at the same time for kickoff. Yeah. Um, this has been it for football Gentron. We will not be doing an in-between episode wrapping up the match against Iceland. <laughs> uh, well, we'll probably be doing those uh, Twitter Spaces uh, throughout this time. Yeah. Uh, we'll you know, we we'll will hold each other company. Yeah, we'll hold each, <laughs> we'll hold each other. <laughs> we will suffer together. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. I hope we're, I hope we're happy on the other side of this. I really do. <laughs> fingers crossed, man. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it's um, considering you know what our November schedule looks like, it, it, it's it's it is do or die here. So, for, that's it for football. Entron, we will see you again next week after the october set of world cup qualifiers um hopefully with strong results and uh, i know our listeners are a little worried that we don't sound as confident as we normally do uh, but (laughs) we're we're just trying to be cautious at this point um because it's a really difficult one to call so thank you for listening guys on behalf of Chad and ottoman and tito who is not here but had some sort of championship football game so hopefully tito won um Thank you for listening to Football Gentron. We will see you next week, uh, where hopefully Armenia is still in pole position for second place in World Cup qualifiers. Thank you guys. Goodbye. <laughs>